Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, April 24th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Spain's biggest bank is trying to poach top Credit Suisse bankers. Rishi Sunak has to calm nerves on multiple fronts. And British therapists have mixed emotions about the expansion of a big U.S. online therapy company. Plus, American dollar stores are adapting to an era when things cost a lot more than a dollar. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Swiss banking giant UBS is in the process of integrating its rival, Credit Suisse. And that tricky merger process is an opportunity for other banks to poach Credit Suisse bankers. FT sources say Spain's top bank, Santander, held talks with Credit Suisse veteran David Hermer. Hermer is currently head of equity and debt capital markets, and he's been with Credit Suisse since 1994. Sources said Santander wants to hire dealmakers and junior employees to try and boost its investment banking presence in the EU and the U.S. Today, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak will try and win back British business. He's holding the first of several summits with corporate leaders, and it's part of the Conservative Party's effort to repair damage done by Brexit and fend off Labor Party efforts to brand itself as more business-friendly. Sunak's in damage control on the political front, too. His deputy, Dominic Robb, resigned on Friday. An independent report confirmed allegations that Robb had bullied civil servants. Robb denied the claims. The FT's George Parker says this is the latest headache for a prime minister who promised transparency, accountability, and integrity when he took office last autumn. So some eyebrows were raised by the appointment of his first cabinet, which including three ministers around whom a number of allegations were swirling at the time. And subsequent to that, Nadim Zahawi, the former chancellor, had to quit the cabinet because of problems over his tax affairs. Gavin Williamson, another cabinet minister, had to resign over allegations of bullying. And now the deputy prime ministers had to resign again after allegations of bullying were upheld by this independent inquiry. So it doesn't look great for the judgment of Rishi Sunak. I think most people would say that Rishi Sunak is determined to lead a completely different government in terms of its character from the chaotic one led by Boris Johnson. And to be fair to Rishi Sunak, these allegations have led to ministers being dismissed or them resigning. But nevertheless, you know, it's a reminder of the general view that this government maybe is, has lost its bearings after nearly 13 years in power. Okay, so George, what did Sunak do to right the ship at the moment and and calm things down. And what does this mean for the UK general election that's coming up next year? Well, he's moved quickly to replace uh, Dominic Raab as Deputy Prime Minister, someone called Oliver Dowden, who's a sort of fairly dry, technocratic character, has become the Deputy Prime Minister. Look, I mean, I think in the end, the election will be judged on whether Rishi Sunak does some work to repair the damage that the British economy suffered as a result of COVID, Brexit as well the war in Ukraine. And, you know, those are the things ultimately that decide how people vote. But I think allied to that, he needs to get over this very quickly, because the one thing that the voters don't want to see is a prime minister whose time is consumed by reading reports about ministers bullying officials, rather than doing the day job of trying to sort out the economy and Britain's rather ropey public services. George Parker is the FT's political editor. 
Anywhere you go in the U.S., you'll find a dollar store. They've long been a go-to for lower-income Americans searching for cheap dry goods and toiletries and stationary items. But recently, inflation has driven more middle-income consumers into their stores. And the FT's Alexandra White reports two big chains, Dollar General and Dollar Tree, have invested a lot of money installing freezers and coolers. Prices for food cost a lot more than they did a year ago, and more people are turning to these locations for food as they have slowly expanded more into the grocery arena. Dollar General, last year they offered produce in about 3,000 stores, and this year they're going to push that to selling produce in 8,000 of their stores. So they're really looking at ways to attract consumers and potentially a different kind of consumer, more middle-income consumer who wouldn't necessarily think about shopping at a dollar store. But when they have all of these essentials there for them, which is what consumers are spending on right now, then that's where they're going to gravitate to. So essentially, it sounds like more middle-income consumers have to search for bargains. And if they see that they can buy essentials like food at a dollar store, they're going to go there. Right. Yeah. So dollar stores aren't necessarily trying to become grocery stores because grocery stores have a lower profit margin. But they do want to expand into food because they're using it to get people in the door. And their hope is that they can get people to spend money on groceries, on food, but also to spend money on some of their discretionary products like household goods, like apparel, which has a higher profit margin. So these two big chains, Dollar Tree and Dollar General, are increasing their capital spending, so investment in their own stores. Now, if you you look over at Walmart, the other big bargain retailer, their capital spending is flat. Alexandra, why are the dollar stores spending so much more on upgrading their own stores? They're making these necessary investments because they're growing and because it's a unique business model. I mean, Walmart can sort of meet customers online as well, or people are more likely to go drive long distances to go to a Walmart. But Dollar General and Dollar Tree, they're all built around convenience. So they have to make sure that they have a large footprint. And I guess now they have to remodel the stores so that they fit into the company's strategy. That's the FT's Alexandra White. In the U.S., online therapy has taken off, especially since the pandemic and all the demand for virtual mental health support during the pandemic. One of the biggest sites is BetterHelp.com. It's owned by a $4 billion publicly listed company called Teladoc Health which is now bringing better help to the UK. But therapists there have mixed emotions about the site. To find out more, I'm joined by the FT's Ian Johnston. Hey, Ian. Hiya. So, Ian, as you report, BetterHealth has recruited about 1,000 therapists in the UK. What's the appeal? I think it's a really different way of working. They've got much more flexibility. They can choose their hours. It's also luring people in with quite big bonuses. Some of those people I'd spoken to were offered $1,000 bonuses to sign up. And then they are told that they can make up to $100,000 per year. But that didn't turn out to be the case for many of them. Okay, so that's one of the big concerns you heard when you were reporting. Um, Why were many therapists in the UK not able to make that level of income? 
The 100,000 pounds a year would obviously be by working up to 40 plus hours on the platform. And the prospect of doing that would mean that you're seeing uh, 30 to 40 clients a week, uh, every week of the year without any break. That is very difficult for therapists without reaching burnout. And it just presents an unrealistic model for those people that it's recruiting. Uh, And then on the other side of the coin, really, the clients could end up seeing therapists who are burnt out, who are not suitable for them. There's a sense that this is perhaps going to lead to worse quality care and a situation where, as a client, you're not being able to see people that are equipped or supported to meet your needs. Are there other concerns besides working conditions and pay? Some of the other concerns are related to how BetterHelp is selling itself. BetterHelp's telling people that all therapists are licensed and accredited. That didn't turn out to be the case with the UK therapists because in the UK, there's no such thing as a licensed therapist. We don't have the same system as the US. The issue with this, obviously, is that BetterHelp is offering something that doesn't quite align with the service that it, that it advertises. Uh, another thing they're worried about is client safety. There's no support staff for these therapists in the UK. They have to wait for the US support team to, to wake up, to connect to them. And there's also no real way of them being able to contact their clients but through the platform. They have to reach out, they have to get an emergency contact number. So there are those sort of client safety concerns as well. What does BetterHelp have to say about this? Have they responded at all? BetterHelp has said that it's got a rigorous employment process and that for those who need support, therapists who need support, they have an online community forum with other veteran therapists offering tips and education. They said that they get back to people within 48 hours and that they will provide clients' contact details to therapists in the event of emergencies. Okay. So, Ian, what's your big takeaway from all this reporting? I think it's a case of this company that's growing exceptionally fast, that's providing a gig economy model to an industry where you're dealing with vulnerable people. And it feels like, from the therapists I've spoken to, there is a prioritizing of growth over quality of care. Also with this expansion to the UK, as the licensing situation shows, there's not really been that understanding of of the UK market. Ian Johnston is a technology reporter for the FT. Thanks, Ian. Thank you. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. 
Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.